0: The average subscriber does not want to have to deal with creating an in home Wi Fi network. They don't want to know.
1: Consumers just want their Wi Fi to work, and when it doesn't, they call their internet service provider. Is that a problem or an opportunity for ISPs? We'll get into that today on The Signal. Hello, this is Martha DeGrasse here for Wi Fi Alliance, and this is The Signal, our podcast where we give you the inside track on Wi Fi. These are meant to be smart conversations with industry leaders. We want to deliver a new perspective on the growing portfolio of Wi Fi technologies that we see changing the connectivity landscape. In this episode, we'll be talking about the role of Wi Fi in delivering superior subscriber experiences. And joining us is Bodines Larson, Regional VP. International Solutions Engineering at Calyx. Bo, welcome to The Signal. Thank you very much. Let's start off with a little bit about Calyx, what you do, who your solutions are tailored for, and what you're seeing in the market now.
0: Certainly. Thank you. So Calix, a company that exists since 1999, so a bit over 20 years old, initially mainly focused on the access side, so delivering FTDH fiber-to-the-home solutions for broadband service providers, and more recently, a couple of years ago, extending those services into the home with a series of products and solutions based on uh, Wi-Fi to enable service providers to actually extend their services into the home of the subscribers.
1: And you were telling me earlier about how that's really the key to collecting and making use of important information that the ISPs can then use to make the subscriber experience a little more meaningful, right?
0: That's correct. I mean, we believe that it's no longer about speeds. Speeds, from a subscriber perspective, is important the day you decide on an ISP, where who do you want to get your service from? You look at the speed that you can get, and you look at the price. Once you then have the broadband service delivered, speed is still important for, let's say, another 24 hours or so. The time for you to run speed tests in your home and make sure that you get the speed that you think you're paying for. But after that, and once you've created that Wi-Fi network in the home, that's just the foundation, if you will. It's just a network. Now it becomes about experience. What as a subscriber can I do with it? And how does it enable me to do the things that I want to do with my broadband access? Whether that is video streaming or or whether it's online gaming or whatever it is I use that broadband access for.
1: And as ISPs understand more about what people are using that broadband access for, they can then tailor their services.
0: That's the idea. So it starts with the Wi-Fi and it starts with managed Wi-Fi. Again, the the average subscriber does not want to have to deal with creating an in-home Wi-Fi network. They don't want to know. And and most of the time they, how should I say, they associate the Wi-Fi with the Internet. It's the same thing. Because, of course, inside the home, the Internet access is delivered over Wi-Fi. So that's the same thing. So, by the way, when the Wi-Fi is not working correctly because of coverage issues or whatever, they call the service provider. So the service provider have an opportunity to actually manage the in-home Wi-Fi, to extend their services from what is traditionally the service demarcation point, which is your gateway, to be actually the service demarcation point is now every device in the home. So every device that's connected over Wi-Fi in the home is now your service demarcation point. If as a service provider I can manage that, I can make sure that just from a pure networking or Wi-Fi perspective, my subscribers get a great experience already there. So I take that off their minds. They don't need to bother with it. It's just there. And now they can focus on all the things they want to do with the Internet.
1: So your software enables the service provider to manage all the way to the device level and to that's see correct. what's happening all the way to the de- When someone calls in, they can actually answer their question even if the problem is between the gateway and the device.
0: That's correct. So that's a very important aspect of the whole managed Wi-Fi is that the service provider have visibility of what's actually going on. They can see if there's issues with coverage. They can see if there are issues with overlapping Wi-Fi channels or interference. That will negatively impact the subscriber experience. So if a subscriber should call in, the customer service agent can actually see in real time what's going on and can help the subscriber solve the problem. The ultimate goal is really to detect the issues before the subscriber notices them and for the ISP to then fix them if they can. I mean, they can't physically move stuff around in, in someone's home Right, but that shouldn't be necessary in any way. But they can detect their issues and potentially fix them so it doesn't even get noticed by the subscriber. So the experience is never negatively impacted. And then about collecting information, once you can see what's going on, you can see how your subscribers use the services you deliver. So you better understand what the subscribers want, what they expect of you, what, how they use the service of the Internet service, and you can then tailor potentially additional services to that subscriber.
1: So what would an example of that be?
0: I think a great example is if you detect that a certain household is a family with children, you can, and you should, propose some kind of parental control service to make sure that your children are safe when they go online, when they, whatever device they use, they're not exposed to content that they really shouldn't be exposed to. That gives, you know, as a parent, gives me, you know, peace of mind that I can let my children be online for the things they need, knowing that they won't, hopefully won't be exposed to things they shouldn't be exposed to.
1: That's a great example. And what about intelligence at the device level? I, I know that we're hearing a lot about smart home and right. maybe one device is able to perceive what another device is doing at a certain point in time. Does Calyx have a role to play there?
0: I think we have a role to play in the sense that we create at least the, the connectivity. So okay. once the connectivity is there and it's at the level where it needs to be, that's when the various applications can start. You can start creating essentially a smart home. So your connected home becomes a smart home. But the smart is defined, it's kind of a philosophical discussion to an extent, what does smart mean? It means different things for different people. But the smarts for me, comes from the applications. Now you have the connection You know it's ubiquitous. It's across the entire home, and it's at the level where it needs to be. Now what do I do with it? So if I put IoT devices that can talk to each other, with some some great examples at the conference yesterday, that's great. But Calyx, as such, we don't really play a role in, in enabling those.
1: Gotcha. And then when you're talking about optimizing the network mm-hmm. for for subscribers and, and proactively seeing what's going to happen before it happens, it sounds like there's a little bit, there's definitely some automation going on there yep. and perhaps even some artificial intelligence as well. Is that part of what you provide or is that separate on top of your software?
0: No, that's part of it. So it's part of managing the network. There's a lot of intelligence in the gateways and the mesh devices themselves in the network to detect things like overlap or channel overlap and the ability to change from one channel to the next if you see this one is is very congested you can automatically change to a different channel so that's to optimize the network in the home the wi-fi network in the home on a permanent basis and again all invisible to the subscriber and they shouldn't have to bother with it it's just all automatic devices are we use band steering and node steering so you always steer your device is always steered to the right frequency to the right channel and to the right device, whether it's the gateway itself or mesh devices, so on and so forth.
1: And what does the ISP have to do? Do they have to take action or is that automated?
0: That's all automated. The ISP don't need to do anything. But the ISP can detect that there is still a problem somewhere. Again, you could imagine a subscriber maybe moved a mesh device from one location to another. Mm -hmm. Maybe the location they moved it to is not ideal. Again, we can't move it back. But we could potentially proactively contact a subscriber and say, I noticed that there is a problem. I don't think you have a good experience in this particular area of your house. And I think this is the reason maybe you move that mesh device or I would recommend that you move it to a different place. And then we can proactively help them find the optimal position for that mesh device or for that uh, that gateway. That's access great.
1: Point. So are ISPs doing that? Are they calling people or emailing people and saying, we think you moved a device or maybe you want to move this device?
0: It's, it's absolutely starting. We have more than 600 service provider customers in the U.S. using this solution. Now, some use it maybe more in a reactive manner, so just have the information available when the subscriber calls in. Others are definitely more proactive that they monitor this, again, using artificial intelligence. For example, you can get a daily report of all the households that have issues with coverage. As an operator, you go through that, and you decide to call or send a message or send a notification to the mobile app that we think that there's an issue here, there's an issue there. Here's what we suggest you should do, Mr. Subscriber.
1: That's great. So you call in and they're like, oh yeah, we know about you. You, you moved your <laughs> access point yesterday. Something like that. Yeah. That's uh, yeah. that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. So you're obviously collecting a lot of data about which devices people are using the most, what times of day they're using them, maybe Correct. even how they're using them. Do you have any, any insights that you want to share on that?
0: So Calix do not, well, we collect the data, but the data belongs to the ISP. Mm-hmm. We do not Ourselves take data from the ISPs and produce reports or insights or use it for our purposes. It's very important that these are solutions that are delivered to the ISPs for them to be successful. They own the subscriber. They own the data. Calyx do not. So we host it in our cloud, but the only people having access to it and to use it are the ISPs
1: so you don't really have any insights cuz you're seeing all the ISP data but but you don't you don't really have any we
0: don't we don't use it we do not analyze it we don't access it you don't it's access about, it at it's all it's about data privacy we don't own that data the ISP owns the data
1: okay okay great Okay, is Wi Fi 6 or Wi Fi 6E having any impact on your business yet?
0: Absolutely. We've been deploying Wi Fi 6 gateways and access points for more than three years. I think we were the first in the market with Wi Fi 6. We're now launching 6E that gives some additional capabilities. More channels, more non overlapping channels, wider channels would give you higher bandwidth. So with Wi Fi, let's say with the various frequency bands, you now have a capability of creating essentially a more complete or high-performance Wi-Fi network in the home benefiting from also the 6E and the new, the additional spectrum that's made available.
1: That's great. And what are you hearing from ISPs about Wi-Fi 6?
0: Wi-Fi 6 is is just, for us, just table stakes. If it's not Wi-Fi 6, forget about it. No ISP today should, would, put any access point, a gateway in a subscriber's home that's not minimum Wi-Fi 6, no way. Wi-Fi 6E is coming. Wi-Fi 6E can help Wi-Fi 7 later on in many ways. Today, and there was discussion yesterday, today, as a FTDH provider as well, there's a service demarcation. The fiber comes into the home at some point. That's typically not where the fiber comes in. It's not where you want to put the gateway itself. So today, the solution typically is to run a wire to somewhere central in the home where you put the gateway so that you get better Wi-Fi performance. Potentially, tomorrow, you can, instead of wiring that, you can use a wireless backhaul using Wi-Fi 6 E or Wi-Fi 7. So that greatly simplifies, let's say, how you organize the home. You don't have to pull a wire potentially through walls uh, along the floor into (laughs) the right right place in the house.
1: So how much longer before you think that will be more commonplace?
0: I think it will be Wi-Fi 7, so I think it's it's like two, two to three years now.
1: Okay. Okay, great. And then security is another topic that we should probably talk about. Absolutely. What what would you say to end users and ISPs about security trends right now?
0: So, obviously, we've seen after the pandemic that everyone started working from home and everyone at the home at the same time, the children were schooling, we were working from home, security became a real issue. Mind you, it really was before, but probably had a lot less attention to it. Mm -hmm. Now it's it's absolutely absolutely critical. I'd say to the ISPs, what I consider my home, my home is my castle. I protect it. How do I protect stuff that I have in my home? I lock my front door. For cybersecurity or my network, for me, it's the same thing. You want to protect it at the entry point to your home network, which is the Wi-Fi gateway. So again, here ISPs have a great opportunity to provide subscribers peace of mind, knowing that they can do all the great things they want to do on the internet and be protected, but delivering some sort of security service right on the gateway. So the gateway essentially scans incoming and outgoing traffic for, let's just call it generally malicious traffic, malware, viruses, whatever that is. So again, I don't need to rely on endpoint security. So I don't need to load all sorts of protections on my children's phones, my own phones, your your PCs, your tablets, so on and so forth. You essentially protect the entry point to your network so that everything that's connected to your network is protected by that security measure or or solution that runs on the gateway itself.
1: Do you provide a security solution?
0: We do, absolutely. We provide a security solution to the service providers. Calix do not sell to end users. We only sell to service providers. We enable the service providers to be successful. We enable the service providers to deliver more services to the subscriber. I spoke about it yesterday. The risk, if they don't do that, is they'll be reduced to a dumb pipe provider. Because these services, if I wanted to as a subscriber, I can get from many other sources. Here's an opportunity for the ISPs to improve, let's say, the services they provide to the subscriber and play a role in that whole making sure the subscriber has a great experience.
1: Right. And I think, you know, from a subscriber's point of view, many of us also think, well, our device is our castle too. We've got everything on this device and I want Mm -hmm. this device to be secure. So are subscribers willing to pay their ISP extra for security on the gateway or is that something that the ISP just has to sort of eat that cost?
0: I think it depends. I think some, some absolutely are. We have service provider customers who provide it as a, as a bundle, uh-huh. right? They're not actually charging for it explicitly. The advantage for them is typically they reduce churn because now as a subscriber, I perceive these services I get from my service provider as great services that I can't live without, which means I won't, even if the next one comes in and say, hey, Bo, I can give you a, a better connection for $5 less per month. You know, why would I? Because I'm going to lose all of these things that I value. The sure. security, the print controls, so on and so forth. Right. So I think there are various business models. One isn't better than, than another. It, it really all depends on, I guess, your market and, and how the ISP goes to market.
1: Right. But you're helping the ISP associate themselves with something beyond just connectivity, things Absolutely. that people value, and they aren't quite sure how to get them any other way, so they're going to stick with that ISP.
0: Absolutely. That, that's the idea.
1: Great. Absolutely. All right. Bodines Larson, Regional VP, International Solutions Engineering at Calix. Thank you so much for being here on The Signal.
0: Thank you very much for having me. It's a pleasure.
1: And that is our show. As always, you can check the show notes for links to other resources we discussed today. And for all things Wi-Fi, visit y-fi.org. That's the Wi-Fi Alliance. You can also find links to other episodes of this podcast here. Our podcast is also available on Google, Amazon, and Spotify. Thank you so much for joining us on The Signal. Please join us next time.